Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hurley. And today we're going to be talking about how tricky it is to keep dental teams motivated and how to hang on to them long term. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Maggie Augustine, who is a Dawson-trained practicing general dentist and the owner of Happy Tooth in a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. She is an incredible writer, and I learned this quickly as I she read a few paragraphs of something that she had written recently at an event we both attended called Expansion down in Arizona. And although we haven't got to been you know, we haven't known each other for very long in this short time. I am just grateful to know Maggie and I'm excited that she's here. I'm going to jump into her bio and then we'll go ahead and welcome her. And so she is an incredible writer, as I talked about. She's a frequent contributor to the AGD's Dental Impact, Dental Entrepreneur Woman, and takes pride in her role as a columnist for Mindful Moments at Dentistry IQ. She is not only an author, but she is an inspirational speaker. She reads, researches, writes, and speaks on things that make us human, things that make us hurt, and those things that make us come alive. Though she has no intention of stepping away from holding a handpiece, she is joining a movement promoting a paradigm shift in dentistry, uniting what we experience on the inside of the operatory with what lies outside of it. Some facts about Dr. Maggie are she loves woodworking, she loves various art projects. Most importantly, she values her role as a mother and a wife, focusing on personal growth and being a better person every day. You can read her full bio at myhappytooth.com. I love it. And I enjoyed reading it so much. Thank you. Thank so you. welcome. Yeah, Dr. Maggie, we're excited to have you. Thank you for making me feel special. You're just the type of person that when you meet someone new, I feel like everybody feels special to you. So thank you for being that person. I feel I I I feel the same way about you. There's there's some memories that we created at, that at expansion uh, earlier this year that uh, without us without a doubt will stay with me a, a lifetime. And I'm very very grateful to you for that. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm grateful to you for that as well. So. Um, let's jump into the meat of our program today. So I just kind of wanted to ask you this as a practicing dentist, I typically interview consultants, coaches who are dental consultants in the dental world. And where you're a practicing dentist, what do you think some of your biggest challenges are this year? I don't know if those challenges will change from 2023 going into 24, since we're kind of new in 24, but I'd love to get your take on just what your thoughts are about that. Practice ownership is is challenging, and it's really important to understand that practice ownership is not the same thing as practicing dentistry. Those are two separate jobs. Those are two separate things. You wear two hats, and you have to spend time doing those things separately. And there's been a lot of challenges along the way. I've been a practice owner for almost 18 years, a dentist for almost 20. This particular year, it's not it's it's both the challenge and it's a commitment it's my commitment to growth is to move from move even further away from being a manager, micromanager, 
into the role of a leader, um, a role of engaging and empowering and fulfilling the passions and desires of the people that I am grateful enough to see for eight hours of my day. Uh, and that is a challenge because I grew up thinking that I needed to be a manager uh, and a manager and a leader are two very, very different things. They are. They're very completely different. So I can see why that's a challenge. I'm sure that's a challenge year after year after year, if you're a practice owner and a dentist, trying to just balance all of that. That That's absolutely right. And as we or you, um, as a coach, um, as a consultant, as someone of e-assist makes a commitment to either teach others or become leader themselves, you you need to, you want to hold yourself accountable to that process. And one of the, you know, dirty and gritty things is that as much as you try to come in every day and do the best that you can, you don't always live up to that promise because I feel like a bunch of us are, are like a band and the more stretched we are, the harder it is for us to um, retain that commitment to the new changes that we're trying to make, if that makes sense. When we're stretched thin, that commitment becomes a lot more difficult uh, as compared to when us as that band uh, is a little is a little looser, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Really, you become like you're trying to survive instead of really thriving as a successful practice and a successful dentist. Yes. So that makes that makes complete sense. So, so let's talk about your practice. You've been in practice. Did you say you've been an owner 18 years? And so were you a working, like, what did you work in the practice before you took it over? You probably came on as an associate. And then did you acquire, you know, purchase the practice after that? I had two story. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I had two failed associateships. I did not work well. Well, the first associateships, the first associateship that was failed, I was just stupid. I was just young and I, and I was arrogant and I, I thought I knew more than everybody around me. And that was the reason why it failed the second associateship. And again, this was almost 20 years ago. Um, I, I worked for a DSO and there was quite a bit of unethical practices and having had two failed associateships at that time, I thought there's no way I commit, I could commit to another one. I don't do well in the role of an associate. And so, um, I found, uh, there's another associate that was working with me at the time. And the two of us agreed to purchase a failing clinic, a failing dental office that was about an hour away. And that's how we ended up being owners in, in happy tooth, which was a flagship of a DSO itself, um, that had been in this space since probably the eighties. Wow. Well, obviously you've been very successful at my happy tooth. So you obviously learned some things along the way. And I feel like we all did things 20 years ago that were not the same people we were then. Right. That's correct. 
Yeah, yep. I feel like we all learn as we grow. And and so thank you for sharing that vulnerable story. So, so I do, I would like to ask you this question, Maggie, what is it? You've been in practice for 20 years now, and I'm sure you've learned some things along the way. What is it that makes your team members want to stay at your practice or even any practice slash dentist that's trying to run a successful practice? I'm, I'm privileged and honored to have some of my team members be with me almost 20 years. My office manager came with the practice um, and I, I've really, I, I am just uh, so rewarded generously by the universe to be able to have her in my life for all those years. She's one of the, the smartest and most hardworking uh, innovators that I've had the pleasure of having in my life. Uh, and, and that kind of sets the tone that, that relationship and the way that she comes to work and the way that she presents herself and the way that she leads spreads, but she's not the only one that's been here for, you know, over a decade. If I had to think now, mind you, my evolution of becoming a leader started with me being a boss hole. I was a jerk. And um, it took a while for me to figure out that there was not going to be a, a success in that, although that wasn't the driving force. I just sincerely was trying to be someone that I wasn't. And as soon as I figured out who it was that I was, as soon as I figured out how to live my life authentically to my own purpose and my own core values, I became less of a boss hole and more of a leader. And so if I had to think about the reason why these incredible people we've been blessed in our practice have been a part of our practice for so long, I think a lot of it has to do with culture. I think a lot of it has to do with us treating them as human beings, being understanding about their life circumstance. Uh, one of the at the last Productive Dentist Academy meeting that I went to, Eric Roman spoke and he said that in his evolution, he had moments where he told his team, you leave your BS in this bucket outside the door. And when you come in, you be your best self. And he said, I'm really ashamed of that today because it isn't possible for us to do that. Our lives outside of what we do for, our, for a living are supposed to be more important, more fulfilling than what we do for money. And it's almost impossible to separate those two, right? It's impossible to say, no, if you're going through a divorce and if you lost your mother or if your child is sick, leave that in the back door and come be your best self because I'm asking you to be. But as soon as that, now, now imagine the life of that team member as they come in and they don't leave that BS behind the door, they bring it in. And all of a sudden what they see is their own team members carrying them through the day. That really changes the culture. So I think caring for people, treating them as humans, following the golden rule has a lot to do with why people stay. Managers are why people quit. Chuck Blakeman says that in his book. I was the kind of manager that made people quit. And I don't want to go back to being that ever. 
I don't want to hold that responsibility of making someone walk away because the culture that I am creating is too toxic for them to find joy in. Oh, I love that. I love that you welcome, you know, you welcome people in their lives, their stories. You probably know so much about your team members, the things, you know, where they are in life. You probably know their children. You probably know what school they go to. You probably know if they've had a sick year or not a sick year, you know, being, you know, going through the winter. I'm sure you know all of those things. And I, and I love how you, you set that culture to, for your team to rally around one another when life's challenges are, are rough because life is hard. I feel like life is a hard thing that we're all just trying to navigate through. And, and I love that you shared that because I, I look at my daughter, my daughter has been an office manager for a pediatric dentist for probably four. She started out as an assistant, moved into office manager, and she got married in September and she quit her job because they were going to move to North Carolina. And then, and then they had a change of plans and the dentist was like, okay, well, I need to find a way to work you back into our team. And she, he's like, I've already replaced you, but let's see what we can do. And he's kind of kept her coming. And I just think, you know, how many dentists are like that, that would just say, let's just see if we can make this work. We know that, you know, all the stuff, she knows everything from the, you know, from the back end to the front end to the higher hiring, she's hired individuals. She's done all the ordering. And so now a gal just quit and she's back to full-time again. He just kind of knew it probably was a matter of time and let's just kind of keep her coming and keep her limping along until we can get her back to full-time. And I feel like you're that type of, you're that type of a leader in your practice. You would, you know, try to make it work and because you realize life happens and people have lives. And so I love that. I love that. about Thank you. you. Thank you. It's really hard living, living up to that promise of putting people, people through, because, you know, one of the challenges that I'm facing this week is deciding how, how to make, what kind of changes to make in order to get two of our individuals to be on the same page. And it's really, really, really challenging. And you have to distinguish between being a leader, being a business owner, being a human and finding a happy middle for those three isn't always the same place, but coming from a place of love and coming from a place of, you know, humanizing that person as part of making the decision is important not to say that just because you humanize them, you're going to hang on to everyone because there is a breaking point. But, but living up to that promise of being a leader and making sure that you understand someone as a human is a really important part of the equation. I love that. And it's tricky because you still have to be profitable. You have to, you know, you still have to make the business work because then everyone's out of a job if you're not profitable. So then it is, it's a tricky equation. But the happier your team is truly and sincerely the happier the people are when they come to work, the more profitable you're, you're going to be. The harder, the, the, the less hard you have to work chairside because the entire team carries the patient. They carry you. It's not just about your own happiness. It's not just about fulfilling your own beliefs. 
you know, your own convictions, understanding why people come to work, what drives them is really important as you build the culture of your practice. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I think that's great. So let's talk about those that have stayed with you for so long. If you were to ask them why they're still with you, what would they say? Would they say it was the culture? Yes, I I think they would say the culture. I, I think they, they would say that they sincerely believe in the mission and the philosophy with which we, we, you know, adhere to our dentistry, but it would also be the humanity and the relationships and also the relationships that they have with each other. Um, they, they come to work and they work amongst friends, amongst people that they admire and look up to, which all is an equation of culture. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, um, that's great. So why, if you were to pinpoint some reasons why a person would leave your practice or leave any practice, what do you think those would be? I think I very often was the reason why people left practice. I think as a dentist or a practice owner, or as a manager, if you continue to look for ways that people mess up, as opposed to finding ways to elevate them as they succeed. Nobody wants to come to work to be beaten down over and over. The behavior that you want is the behavior that you want to reward, that you want to notice. And I, I think that when people leave, I mean, I think you might have heard many stories of, of great team members leaving because of a manager. Right. And, and I think, you know, each, every single one of them, every single one of us, as we have the ability to inspire someone, we also have the ability to take out the wind from their wings right. um, and, and bring them down and make them feel like less than. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think and I think that applies to any management position, whether you're in dentistry or any other field. As a manager, it really can make or break. I was just thinking of a, a job I had three years ago. There was a manager that I honestly came to work every day feeling like she doesn't understand my role. She doesn't understand what I do every day. She doesn't. I think she's going to fire me. And she ended up, there was like six people on our team that all left because of her. And pretty soon the company finally got on and thought, Hey, I we're, we're yeah. losing all of these great people. And it's this one common denominator. Right. So I think. That's it, and it costs so much money to replace one person. And now imagine like they replaced six and who knows how many before that. Right. right. I mean, that, that is a lot of profit that you have to give up in order to, to find, hire and train a new person. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I even was thinking about this, talking to my daughter the other day, because she was like, yeah, we, there were some of us that couldn't be in the office this week. And so the doctor called this gal who had worked with us a year or two ago, just to see if she'd come fill in for the day. And, and I know she, how busy she is and she did, you know, and I think yeah. that tells you that's a, that's, that's leadership right there because 
when you're there working every day, you don't want to disappoint your leader if you're a great employee. But when you've been gone for two years, you still don't want to disappoint that leader, right? Yes, and wholeheartedly. So you come in. Well, I I love that. I think that we've talked about so many things. So what can a dentist do to change how they run their business and implement some of the things you've talked about today? You know, humanizing your team and and what can they do if they're in boss mode or management mode, they're going to have to try to switch to leadership mode, right? What can they yes. do to be more encouraging and to just become that person? One of the things that has really helped me is working working with a coach, or you could even do this on yourself, figuring out what's important to you. What are your own core values? When you finish this exercise and you can download them and you can highlight them and you can pick five most important things that really make you get up for in the morning. And if you watch yourself and as you adhere to these core values, and if you make them a part of your life, you'll see your entire energy shift the way that you present to work, your excitement, you're going to need less caffeine. You're going to sleep better. Now imagine you're going to do the same exercise with your team. You're going to get to know them. You're going to humanize them. You're going to understand what drives them, what gives them passion, what makes them happy. And you will start to design, you know, whether it be tasks or job descriptions, whatever you call it, the duties that they have according to these core values and according to the things that make them happy. For example, today in, in the office, one of my team members is, is overwhelmed. Um, and this is right up your alley because she has to do claims. And another team member suggests, well, just take the claims away from her, give them to someone else. And so she says, but I love doing the claims. I take a lot of pride in how well I do them. This is an example in which you don't take the claims away from the person that loves doing them because chances are she's doing them better than anybody else because she has passion for them. What you do is you look at the rest of her plate and you say, okay, what can I move around here off your plate so that you don't feel so stretched thin, but you stay with doing the claims. So getting to know the team that you are a part of as multidimensional human beings is an incredibly important part in developing culture and in ensuring that the team members stay because nobody wants to leave a job that they love, right? And when you take people in from a negative environment, from a negative culture, like we have in our office and you bring them here, they flourish. What I had a, I had a check-in 90 day check-in with one of my teammates today. And she said, you know, I finally realized and understood what it was like to work in a place that I loved. And now I want the same thing for my significant other. I want him to develop and to find a different job so that he feels as awake in the morning as I do. And there you go. The love just spreads. The change spreads. It does. That's such a great example. And I love that you talked about core values. So are you looking at the core, you're looking at the core values more of the individual, or are you looking at the core values of the practice, not the core values of the practice? Not the core value. I, I think core values of the practice are important. 
And there's a lot of things that are written and said and podcasts that are recorded on the on the core values of the practice. I am I am not in any way disagreeing with that. That is extremely important. But what we leave out is the core values of the people that are going to uphold the core values of the practice. How does that fit in to the way that we design our world, our patient experience? I think that's great. And that's why I received a call from one of your team members today asking about insurance verification, right? Like, I just feel like if you can keep your dental biller doing what she loves, the dental billing, there is a lot of satisfaction in that and following up with those claims and making sure, you know, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and make, you know, sometimes there's just that right personality. And it sounds like you've got the right person in that role. But E-Assist is a really amazing piece of the puzzle here that I don't think a lot of people understand because you can take some responsibilities off of someone's plate by outsourcing this to e-assist and then you develop the team that you have and allow them to really perform at a much higher level even by taking things off their plate right even the people innovate when they have time people are not going to innovate or improve your systems if they can barely breathe right with what they have to do so creating that leeway in the amount of um of tasks that they have to perform on a daily basis sourcing that out i, I am finding is our saving grace this week I can't, I cannot wait. I simply cannot wait. I know it's going to be a complete game changer. I love that. I love that so much. Maggie, is there any parting thoughts? We're kind of getting to the end of our time today. Is there any parting thoughts that you might have that you'd love to share? I think that we, we need to start restructuring the changes in dentistry and we need to start putting people ahead of profit, understanding that as we do that, profit will, will come in rehumanizing our relationships with our, our team members is really, is so important, but it's also, it, it drives our own purpose and fulfillment to carry and to give and to love someone else. And, and that, that just, and patience can feel that every single well, step of the way. I think patience absolutely can feel that. And you, and you can just tell how happy everyone is when you walk into a practice or how tense everyone is when you walk yes. into a practice. Absolutely. It's night and day. And I love that you have fostered love and happiness in your practice. If, if there's anyone out there that feels like they have become more of a manager instead of a leader to their team. And you would love to talk to Dr. Maggie. She is, she welcomes you to talk to her. She would love to work with you if you're interested in, you know, if you need some help just with your team, but just reach out to her at myhappytooth.com. And she would be happy to just kind of share any information she has with you or tips and tricks to just help, help you move your team into a better culture a more loving and positive environment. Well, thank you, Maggie. I appreciate you being here today. It's been thank a Thank you so much. 
to chat with you and everyone else out there. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining the Growing Your Dental Business podcast and have a wonderful week. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.